Thank you for joining the Element Church Podcast, where we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships, and make a lasting impact. Wherever you're listening from today, we hope this message inspires and strengthens your faith. If someone told you, I'm leaving you with a gift, how would that make you feel? Probably depends on who's giving the gift, right? Like, let's say this guy here said, I'm leaving you with a gift. How would that make you feel? You might be wondering, who is this guy? And I have no idea. It's just some random dude. I literally Googled random dude. His picture popped up. I promise I did that. So I don't know if that's his name. I hope it's not. I don't know. But if that guy said, I'm leaving you with a gift, how would it make you feel? Probably a little weirded out, maybe a tad curious, but probably not too excited about his gift. But what if this guy, LeBron James, said, I'm leaving you with a gift? Like, now we're getting somewhere, right? It probably won't be a normal stocking stuffer your aunt would get you, unless, of course, your aunt is this person here, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, Then you're excited. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. Everybody gets a car today. Like, if she's leaving you with a gift, you'd be pretty excited. Or what about this guy? Jeff Bezos, wealthiest man in the world. The CEO, basically, of the world via Amazon. His net worth is $182.2 billion. Billion with a B. We can't fathom that number just to help you out. If you spent $1 every second, you would spend uh, $1 million in about 11 and a half days. But if you spent $1 every second you would spend a billion dollars in a little over 31 and a half years. That's one billion. He has $182.2 billion. So now that I've successfully depressed everyone based on how much money we have, right? How would you feel if, if Jeff Bezos said, I'm leaving you with a gift? You'd probably be pretty excited based on his net worth. So how would you feel if Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift because he did say that. In the gospel of John, John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus, probably the best friend of Jesus while he was on on the earth, records Jesus uh, saying this in John 14, verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. That's what Jesus said. And that's pretty significant, right? Uh, Jesus, God in the flesh, the creator of the universe said, I'm leaving you with a gift. At the very least, you should probably be curious about what that gift is, right? And we're going to dive into it, I promise. We'll dive into what that gift is. But before we do that, I do want to introduce myself to anyone who may not know who I am. My name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here. And today is the last Sunday before Christmas, which means there's probably some shopping left to do. Anybody here still have shopping? left to do, raise your hand. If you got some shopping and you're watching online, just put a dollar sign or, or raise your hand on the, on the comment section there. Uh, last minute shoppers, uh, if, if you're out shopping this week, for everybody, don't forget that Thursday is Christmas Eve and we are offering three Christmas Eve uh, services, 2, 4, and 6 p.m. Uh, the 2 p.m. service will not have our regular e-kids ministry that's only offered at 4 and 6 p.m. So we're kind of reversing our normal schedule. It's 
a tad confusing, but if you normally attend the 1230 service which on Sundays, which doesn't have uh, our e-kids ministry, consider attending that 2 p.m. service, or if you don't have kids or don't need uh, the kids ministry, uh, choose uh, that 2 p.m. That'll leave the most room available for parents with kids that are utilizing our amazing uh, e-kids ministry at the 4 and 6 p.m. service. All three services are exactly the same, and they're all going to be online, uh, live online as well. And, and to our online family, I miss you guys uh, so much. Uh, I know that this continues to be uh, the, the avenue that many of you can only uh, engage with. You're not allowed to attend in person or not comfortable yet. I just want to know that we, we I want you to know we miss you. Uh, you're, it's not the same without you here. And I hope that whenever you're able and ready, you'll choose to attend in person again. Our vision is the same, whether you're online or here in person, we exist to guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect into meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. And speaking of impact, first of all, wasn't that cool what, what, what we were able to do for the fire department earlier? Uh, but also, yeah, we can celebrate that again. It's awesome. Uh, also, I wanted to give you an update on something else that we're doing, which is our, our year-end offering for iHeart Wyoming. We launched that last Sunday, uh, iHeart Wyoming. All the dollars given, we give away to other churches around our state uh, to, to kind of resource them to serve their communities in tangible ways, similar things that, to what we do here. But so far, since launching the offering last week, we have received in gifts $39,310 and $6,885. $5 in pledges that have yet to be given, which I think is awesome. I think we should celebrate that as well, which is very good. If you call Element Church home and you've not yet given or pledged to the iHeart offering, I would encourage you to do that. You can do it all the way through the end of the year. Just make sure you're selecting iHeart Wyoming in that digital dropdown, uh, or if you're giving cash or check, put it on the memo or on the envelope. Today is week number three of our Christmas sermon series called The Way in a Manger. And we started off talking about gifts today because Jesus in John 14, 27 said, I'm leaving you with a gift. And then the very next word in the verse, he tells us what the gift is. Let's look at it again, adding the next word, John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift. And what is it? Peace. peace. Two people can read. It's peace. It's peace. And, and with that, some of us are disappointed already, uh, but, but don't be disappointed. Uh, this is not like when, when Clark Griswold in the movie Christmas Vacation uh, opened up his Christmas bonus from his job and found out he was now a member of the Jelly of the Month Club. It, it's not like Ralphie uh, on, on the movie The Christmas Story getting the pink bunny jammies from his aunt, who was obviously not Oprah Winfrey, right? It's not, what we're, it's not a disappointing thing. Uh, this gift of peace was something that was promised about the Messiah all the way back in the Old Testament prophecies about when the Messiah would come and who the Messiah would be, which we now know Jesus is the fulfillment of the Messiah. Hundreds of years before Christ was ever born in Bethlehem, the prophet Micah spoke this word of prophecy about where he would come from and who he would be, Micah 5 verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, meaning he's an eternal one, will come from you on my behalf, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and he will be the source of peace." 
One of the main promises about Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh, the one whose origins are in the distant past, which I love that phrase, by the way. One of the main promises about Jesus is that he would be the source of peace. Not a source of peace, the source of peace. The prophet Isaiah In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Isaiah said about the coming of the Messiah, about Jesus, that he would be the prince of peace, literally the ruler of peace. Jesus is the way to lasting peace because Jesus is the way in a manger. So once again, it should be no surprise then that when the angels appeared outside of Bethlehem and announced to this little group of shepherds that the Messiah had been born in Bethlehem, it should be no surprise they also included a promise of peace. Luke 2, 10 through 14 has kind of been our launching point for this, this whole series and will be again on Christmas Eve. Uh, the angel is recorded saying this, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. We talked about that last week. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That was two weeks ago. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth to those with whom God is is pleased. And don't think that those with whom God is pleased doesn't mean you. <laughs> like, I understand that we don't always do things that please God, but God is always pleased with us. We are his creation made in his image. He loved us so much that he came as one of us. God in the flesh died in our place because of our sins, rose from the dead, and then says, I'm offering myself to you. So that phrase, to those with whom God is pleased, it actually refers to all of humanity. It's all of us. In every week of the series, we've seen how the the life that Jesus offers in salvation, the joy he wants to give, and here, the peace that he has to give us is for everyone, for, for all people, even you. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, he still offers you this peace. Now, yes, I do believe that in order to fully experience the peace that God has for us, we, should put our, we need to put our faith in him, but it doesn't stop him from offering it to you, and it won't stop us from telling you about it or loving you even if you reject it. We're going to continue to love you. And I know that many of you might be thinking already, but, but hold, wait a minute. Like, like, Jesus said he wanted to give us peace. And these Old Testament prophets said Jesus would bring peace. Even the angels promised peace on earth. But my life right now is anything but peaceful. Like, have you seen the world lately? The the, the civil, relational, uh, racial, political, emotional, financial, physical unrest is everywhere. So what do we do with that, Pastor Jeff? It's a great question, by the way. Well, part of the answer is found in the meaning of the word peace in Scripture. 
both the Hebrew word for peace, which is shalom, that the Old Testament prophets used, and the Greek word for peace, which is erene, which is used in the New Testament in Luke and John that we already read, both those words for peace mean something completely different than we might think. Both of them, at their core, mean this, whole, complete, or sound. It's, it's a wholeness. When all essential parts are joined together, The word peace in scripture is not speaking about something that's offered on the outside of our lives. It's something that's offered on the inside. The the peace Jesus offers is not a conflict-free, problem-free life. It's not a political, physical, or financial peace. It's not even peace when you die. We say things like rest in peace. No, here's, here's the big idea for today, summing up what Jesus offers for us in a sentence, and it's this. The peace Jesus gives is not found in our circumstances, it's found in my soul. The peace that Jesus gives, it's not found in my circumstances around me, it's found in my soul inside of me. This is a great follow-up, by the way, to last week's message on joy. They literally go hand in hand. That the peace Jesus gives us is found with Jesus at the center. When Jesus is my center line, that's where I'll find joy and that's where I'll find peace. We talked about that a little bit last week. So here's the big question we've got to ask today. What kind of peace does Jesus give? If he offers peace in our soul, what kind of peace does he give? The main scripture is only one verse today, John 14, 27. Uh, John is the fourth book in the New Testament portion of the Bible. And I told you it was written by John, one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. While our main scripture is only one verse today, we will be looking at some other scriptures and commentaries as well. So if you want to use the screens to follow along, you can do that. If you don't own a Bible, make sure and download a, a free one called Version. It's a great Bible app. Or if you're here in person, ask for one out at guest services before you go. We'll get you a Bible free of charge. This one verse, John 14, 27, is in the middle of the final conversation Jesus had with his disciples before he was arrested, crucified, and then rose from the dead three days later. So it's a part of the last conversation Jesus had. And let's read again what we've already read, John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace. That's from the New Living Translation. I love how the New International Version translates the first part of this verse. So the NIV says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. So what kind of peace does Jesus give? The first thing we see is this, Jesus gives his peace. I thought I might get one amen because that's some good news by the way. Jesus gives his peace. I'm not sure we understand how profound that is. The the McLaren commentary said this, he gives his peace because he gives himself. His peace is inseparable from his presence. It comes with him like an atmosphere, like a, like a, a Jesus peace bubble, if you will, in our lives, and it's never where he is not. And his peace alludes to what he himself had in his own experiences. Hello. 
And what did Jesus have in his own experiences? I mean, take your pick from any story in, in the four gospels. Uh, one time they were, they were out on the Sea of Galilee in a boat in the middle of a raging storm. The disciples, many of whom were, were professional fishermen, they were used to storms on the sea, but this one was such a great storm, they all thought they were going to die. And where was Jesus? Taking a nap. And we're not talking about a nap on a cruise ship where you're hunkered down in a luxury room with, with room service. No, he would have been out in the open, storm raging all around him, and Jesus is kicked back catching some Z's. Like, first of all, it's proof that naps are a godly thing. Can I get a witness? If you're watching online and you love naps, just put Z's all in the, in the comment section. Don't take a nap right now. You'll make me feel bad. Naps are a godly thing. But, but, but really, I mean, his peace, the, the peace of Jesus made him unfazed by the storm. And he offers us the same peace in our storms. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus appeared to be overwhelmed at the thought of giving his life and taking on all of the sin of humanity and having the Father turn his back on him for the very first time, even though he begged the Father for another way, I believe it was his peace that empowered him to say, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus had this calm assurance in the face of his most difficult days. I mean, friends, when Jesus says, my peace I give you, we should stand up and pay attention. Because when he was criticized, he never crumbled. When he was in need, he never panicked. When he was abandoned, he was never alone. When he suffered loss, he did not lose his way. When he was threatened, he did not retreat. When he was questioned, he never quit. No matter the problem Jesus faced, there is one thing he always had, peace. And now he says, that same peace, my peace, the peace I had in my life, I'm giving it to you? Whoa. Whoa. And that's just the first thing we see. I got three more to go. Like I got four points today, not even three. They do all start with the same letter, so I'm back on track. Let's look at now the verse again, adding one more layer. John 14, 27. I'm leaving you with a gift, it's my, my peace, peace of mind and heart. The peace Jesus gives is not found in my circumstances, it's found in my soul. So what kind of peace does Jesus give? He gives his peace, which is awesome. But number two is this, Jesus gives a hidden peace. A hidden peace. I believe Jesus was very intentional in clarifying what kind of peace he was giving. He said, I'm giving you my peace, which is a peace of mind and heart. It can't be seen on what happens to you from the outside. It is hidden within you, and then it manifests itself through you so others can see your peace. And now you're a testimony, a witness of the peace I can give to you. Reminds me of what the Apostle Paul said in, in Philippians, in the New Testament portion of the Bible. This is a, a continuation of what we read last week when we talked about joy. Remember, Paul was writing Philippians from a prison cell for his faith in Christ. 
And in the previous two verses that we're about to read, in the previous two verses, he talked about always being full of joy in the Lord. Last week we looked at that. But then the next two verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, after you pray and after you praise, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It's almost exactly what Jesus said. Paul understood the peace that he could have in that jail cell and the peace we would need in our lives is not a peace on the outside. It's a peace on the inside, a peace of heart and mind, not peace in our circumstances. That would be great but peace in our, in our soul to navigate the unpeaceful times in which we live. So what kind of peace does Jesus give? He gives his peace, a hidden peace. Then we're going to add a little bit here to the verse. Here, let's read the next section. John 14, 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So the third thing we see is this, Jesus gives a heavenly peace. Heavenly peace. Besides the song, Silent Night, what do you think of when you think of heavenly peace? Like if I just said something that's heavenly peace, what would you, what would you think of? If you're a parent of young children, you might think of all your children being asleep. That's heavenly peace because then you get some sleep. Can I get another witness for sleeping children? That is always fantastic. They always look so you know, cute and cuddly and calm when they're sleeping and then they wake up and all hell breaks loose, literally. <laughs> Or, or for most of us, at least those of us who love Jesus, whenever you think of the phrase heavenly peace, we think of the Patriots and Tom Brady losing on the same day. I'll never get tired of saying that, by the way. I'm going to say it all the way until the day that I die. I'm just saying, for those who love Jesus, that's what we think of with heavenly peace. Well, regardless of what you actually really do think of, I, I chose the phrase heavenly peace because Jesus said the peace he gives is a gift the world cannot give. Notice, he did not say the world won't give it to you. He said the world can't give it to you. It doesn't come from this world. Every form of peace the world tries to offer you is only a cheap imitation of the real thing. And the real thing Jesus. It's a peace that only he can give because it's his peace. It's a hidden peace. It's a heavenly peace. It comes from somewhere else besides the world. Albert Barnes in his commentary put it this way. It's a peace not found in objects which we commonly pursue, pleasure, fame, wealth, not in the flattering words or empty salutations that people of the world give, not in the systems of philosophy or religion. His peace meets all the wants of the soul. How desirable in a world of anxiety and care to possess this peace. Amen. Jesus said, the peace I want to give you is a peace the world can't, get, can't give. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You'll never achieve it, and you won't marry into it. Hello. No relationship will ever give it to you. You can't drink your way to it, smoke your way to it, pop your way to it, or shoot up your way to it. You won't find it in education. You'll never find it in more information. Fame won't help you one bit. 
In fact, everywhere you try to find peace in this world will leave you empty and without hope. But Jesus says, not so with my peace. My peace is a peace the world cannot give you. It comes from somewhere else. It's his peace. It's a hidden peace. It's a heavenly peace. So what kind of peace does Jesus give? The fourth thing we see is this. Jesus gives a helping peace. He gives a helping peace. John 14 all of verse 27, reading the whole thing now, says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So, literally, because of this peace, don't be troubled or afraid. Why would he say that? Why would he say don't be troubled or afraid? Because he knows in this life we are going to face troubling and fearful things. Things called 2020. Right? Remember John 14, 27 is a small part, one verse of an entire final conversation Jesus had with his disciples before his death and resurrection. This conversation actually spans four whole chapters in the Gospel of John, chapters 13 through 16. would encourage you to read it on your own sometime. Towards the end of this final conversation, Jesus gives another promise besides the one we just read. But don't get too excited until you hear the promise. We, we don't quote this promise very much. Uh, we, we don't use this promise on greeting cards or motivational posters or framed cross stitches in your grandma's bathroom. Like we just don't, we don't do it. And here's why. Because Jesus actually promises us trouble. I know it doesn't sound very comforting. You're like, we got that one figured out, Jesus. Thanks a lot. But John 16, towards the very end of this final conversation, Jesus said this, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world and I am offering myself to you Jesus says. So now you can overcome the world. Jesus said he'd give us his peace, a hidden peace, a heavenly peace, and a helping peace because he knew we would walk through days, sometimes seasons, sometimes even years on end that are anything but peaceful. It's what we sang about earlier. In the song, Standing on Your Promises, that, that Pastor Jared and his wife Vanessa wrote for our church and we sang with them today, when trials come our way, when sorrow wins the day, there are no more words to pray. We'll be strong and courageous, for the Lord God is always with us. We'll take heart in the sorrows. You have overcome our trials. We're standing on your promises. And what is the promise? Peace. Peace is the promise of God. The peace he gives. It's not found in our circumstances. It's found in our soul. So what kind of peace does he give? It's his peace. It's a hidden peace. It's a heavenly peace. It's a helping peace. The kind of peace that can overcome 
our problems, trials, pain, and sorrows. Does anyone need that kind of peace today? I'm going to ask you to acknowledge it. If you're here in the room, I know for some of you and some of us, like life is really good right now. Outside of the inconveniences of wearing a mask and social distancing and all the junk that goes along with this pandemic that we're outside of that, like life's pretty good for some of you, but for others, like you're living in trials and sorrows and you need this peace. Like now, if that's you, if you're here in the room and you are just going to want to acknowledge, I need this peace. Would you just lift up your hand and leave it up for a second? Just lift up your hand, leave it up. Okay. If you're watching online, you can put your hand up in the comment section or just say, that's me. Just leave it up for a second. And I want you as best you can to look around the room. Just turn your head a little bit and look around the room. And I want you to see something. You are not alone. You're not alone. You can put your hands down. That together we walk through these things. This is why the church is so vital, by the way. We need each other to walk through these times. For people who are experiencing peace to actually help those who aren't, to lift one another up in prayer, encourage one another. That's what I wanna do, I wanna pray for everybody who put their hand up today. And if you're here, you're a Christian, you're in the room and you're comfortable doing this, you saw someone that put their hand up, as I pray, if you're comfortable, would you stretch your hand out towards them as I pray? And we're gonna pray together for God's peace. If you join me in that. Father in heaven, we ask in the name of Jesus for peace. Not just peace in our circumstances. That would be amazing, Lord, if you gave us that. But it's not gonna happen, Lord. Like this life is full of trials and sorrows, but you promised us your peace. A peace on the inside, peace of mind and heart, a, a peace the world cannot give, and a peace that overcomes whatever life offers us. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, we ask you to fill up hearts with peace. Pour out your love and your compassion and your care upon these beautiful souls that said, I need peace today. For everybody, Lord, who needs it, I pray that they'd receive it right now in this moment, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Here's, here's the thing, though. Some of you, if Jesus, if Jesus actually made everything in your life perfect, everything, except you never put your faith in him, and received the spiritual peace that only comes through forgiveness of sins by faith in Jesus, if he, if he made everything perfect but you did not know Jesus, it would all be worthless. Because Jesus said, what good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? The answer is no, it's not. Yet Jesus offers himself not just peace in our problems, but peace from our sin to forgive us, make us new and empower us to live for him. If you want to experience that today, I want to give you that chance. Whether you're in the room or watching online, you can, you can just put your faith in Jesus through, through saying this prayer to him, just silently in your heart to God, Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. Jesus, I believe you are God, came in my place, died, rose again, so I put my faith in you. Please forgive me of all my sins. Wash me completely clean. 
I repent from my old selfish, sinful way of living. I turn now to follow you in a new life that you are giving me. I receive from you salvation. Please live in my heart. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I'll do my best to love you back. It's in your name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer to ask Jesus into your heart, I'm so, so excited for you and so proud of you and so is your Father in heaven. Uh, We wanna welcome you, celebrate with you and offer you a resource to get you taking your next steps, no strings attached. The best way to do that is just to to let us know by texting the word one to the number on the screen, 41400. You can just take out your mobile phone, text the word one to 41400. Let us know that you made that decision and we're gonna give you a free resource that we created that gets you taking your next step in following Jesus. You're now a part of a much bigger family and the bond is greater than blood. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's Jesus' blood that binds us together by faith in him. And I pray that you'll continue walking with Jesus in your life. If you need prayer for something, um, like if you raise your hand and you want somebody to actually pray for you, stop by the purple tent all the way in the back. Got a great prayer team that will pray for you. Or if you're watching online, just click the prayer button. We got people standing by right now who will pray with you on the online platform for whatever you got going on. Call us, email us. We, we're here to serve you. Please, please, please let us know. On Thursday at Christmas Eve, I'll be sharing something with you that I learned this year that I never knew before about the Christmas story. It blew me away. I I can't wait to share it with you. We got a great service planned for you. I love you guys so much. If you're not gonna be here Thursday, Merry Christmas and you are dismissed. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast or follow us on social media. To learn more about our gathering times in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or to take your next step, visit our website, elementchurch.life. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next week right here on the Element Church Podcast.